Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Maction. I am your host, former Northern Illinois Husky Mark Scafidi, a proud Husky after NIU went down to Atlanta and knocked off ACC opponent Georgia Tech in the process taking home a $1 million payday, actually $1.1 million, I believe, to beat Georgia Tech at home. We will get to that, the max only big win of the week in a minute. Let's go through the other games first. Uh, Friday night of last week, St. Francis, PA going into Ypsilanti, and they lost 35-15. The Eastern Michigan Eagles start the season 1-0. It was a great home win for the Eagles, beating a lesser opponent. Gets the season off on the right track. Uh, great way for Eastern Michigan to ease in to what's going to be a much harder schedule from here on out. So nice job by Eastern Michigan to move on to 1-0. Let's go to some of the other games. We'll get to NIU Georgia Tech because it was a very, I mean, the game was very exciting. If you weren't watching, came down to the final two minutes, final, actually 30 seconds, last play of the game. Um, we'll do some of the other ones first. Texas A&M 41, Kent State 10. This game was not that competitive in the second half. It was a complete blowout. Kent State held their own in the first quarter and put up a strong fight in the second quarter. They were only down 10 to 3. But then in the second half, Jimbo Fisher got his Aggies riled up and they took over the game, scoring 17 unanswered points in the third quarter. This is a hard one to win for any group of five team to go into Texas A&M and beat them in College Station. It wasn't expected to be a win for Kent State. It wasn't close on the scoreboard, but it's a great learning experience for the Flashes. This is the best team they're probably going to play all year. So everybody after this is going to seem slower and basically more beatable than the Aggies. So... It's a great learning experience for Kent State because the rest of the season is going to seem a lot easier because you're not playing somebody like Texas A&M every week anymore. So Texas A&M got the win. Kent State gets to move forward with the idea that they, they hung with one of the top six, seven teams in the nation for a half. Uh, but Texas A&M ultimately has pro prospects. They have pro players on that team. They have five-star recruits all over the place. So they have more depth, honestly. So if you're going to, they're going to wear you down eventually in a game like this. So 41-10, Aggies roll over the flashes. Another blowout, Cincinnati 49, Miami of Ohio 14. Another top 10 team game for the MAC. The MAC didn't play well. Uh, Miami didn't play well in this one getting blown out 21 to nothing in the first quarter, second quarter, 14 points unanswered. So this game was definitely over right off the bat by the Bearcats. Getting blown out by a group of five team. Granted, Cincinnati is ranked high, but Cincinnati is not Texas A&M. So let's not pretend that the talent level at Cincinnati is what it is at Texas A&M. I thought Miami would be able to would last and had a better fight in this one. It just, it wasn't close. And that's probably a little disappointing to the Red Hawk fans because this, you know, the ranking for Cincinnati is what it is, but they're not Alabama. They're not Texas A&M. They're not Georgia in talent. So the Red Hawks have to bounce back from this hard loss and move forward from the, with the season. 
another big game in the state of Michigan. Another bad showing for the, the Mac. Michigan 47, Western Michigan 14. Uh, Michigan went on a 17-0 run in the second quarter and basically took the game. So the second half was meaningless because Michigan was up big at halftime. These guys are in-state. They're not really rivals, even though Western might say it is. Caleb Ellaby had 191 yards and a touchdown. But, I mean, this was all Michigan. So, you know, what are you going to say? Yeah. Western Michigan's got to bounce back from playing their probably most talented team of the season as well. Now, a game that was far more, far more winnable for the Mac was against another SEC team, Central Michigan 24, Missouri 34. Jacob Simon had 295 yards in the air. And Ja'Cory Sullivan had 102 yards receiving and two touchdowns. This game was one of those a few more breaks here and there, and you come away with an SEC victory. Um, the other games were not competitive, not even close, so that no chance to even win those games. This game, if you're Central Michigan, you've got to feel good. Yeah, you didn't win the game, but you just left an SEC stadium, and you didn't get blown out. You were competitive. It was a good showing by the Chippewas. I think this bodes well for the Chippewas. Like, hey, man, we can hang with SEC teams. And granted, Missouri is not the top of the SEC, but Missouri is still an SEC team, and you came away with a hard-fought loss. So, hey, Central Michigan, I like what you did on last Saturday. Let's try to carry that over to the rest of the season because if you can hang with the SEC bottom-tier middle pack, you're going to be pretty good in the MAC. Unlike the next game, Akron, who was destroyed by Auburn. I mean, it was ugly. It was terrible for the first three quarters. Akron hadn't scored. Uh, 60 to 10 was the final. I I mean, it was 13 nothing in the first, 24 nothing in the second. I mean, those are the points they scored. 16 unanswered points in the third. I mean, Akron did outscore them 10-7 in the fourth, but by that point, obviously, the game is long, long over. Bo Nix for Auburn, 20 of 22. That means there's no pass rush, no sort of pressure on him at all. 275 yards, three touchdowns for the Tigers. Um, when you go 20 of 22, the defense did not come close to even touching him. Um, but Akron, that's a tough one. But again, I didn't expect to win, so it's not really like a disappointment. I expected that to be ugly, and it, it was. And I think everybody around the country would have expected a similar score to this. Um, obviously, Auburn didn't try to score in the fourth quarter because they only scored seven points. So they kind of took the, you know, the pressure off. And, um, you know, Akron's got, Akron's got a rebound because that that's a tough one. Um, but a tough one that they weren't expected to win. So it, it's not like it's a surprise. Syracuse 29, Ohio 9. I, I thought this one was going to be closer. Um, Syracuse was up nine, nothing in the first and it, you know, Ohio got six points in the second. So they cut the lead into a, a little bit because Syracuse only got a field goal. And then in the third quarter, Syracuse 10 unanswered points. And I really thought the Bobcats had a chance in this one to get the home. Cause this one was in Athens. This one was a chance to get an ACC team at home. It didn't happen. And it didn't really happen closely either. Um, this one is kind of 
disappointing if I'm a Bobcat fan and a Mac fan in general because I really thought this was one of the winnable games. Um, it turns out we still got a huge win last week, but I thought this was the one that was going to be the win. Uh, Curtis Rourke for Ohio had 142 yards in the air. Jerome Buckner had seven receptions, 102 yards for the Bobcats. That I mean, it's a tough one for Ohio um, because this was, you know, you don't get that many home power five, power four now, whatever you want to call it, power four games at home with a winnable chance, with a realistic chance of winning. And then Ohio definitely had that. In the final game last week, oh, before we get to the, the win, Norfolk State 10, Toledo 49. Let's not waste a whole lot of time here. This was an easy win for Toledo against an FCS team. Toledo's going to get a much harder real test in a couple days on Saturday when they play Notre Dame in South Bend. Um, so, you know, this was a warm up for the Rockets before they get to the big game, which is next week. Uh, let's go to the big pirate flying Mac big time win of the week so far. The biggest win of the season so far in the Mac that belongs to the Northern Illinois Huskies who beat Georgia tech down in Bobby Dodd stadium in Atlanta led by quarterback Rocky Lombardi the Michigan State transfer. Now, the numbers are not impressive. He went 11 of 17, 136, two touchdowns. Yeah, that's, honestly, those are just pretty average numbers. I mean, they're not even average. They're probably below average in today's world. But it's the final drive of the game that he became an NIU. He became the NIU quarterback, the, the man now, if you want to say it. So if you didn't watch the game, NIU jumped up to a 14-0 lead over Georgia Tech. And, you know, we've all seen, you know, Mac teams squander leads in the past against Power 5 teams and lose. But NIU was really pushing around Georgia Tech for the first, first half. And then there was a fumble by Georgia Tech at their own five-yard line. NIU scooped it up and brought it in to make it 20 to nothing. So you're thinking, man. 20 to nothing, NIU's going to get this. But then there was a, a review. The fumble didn't go as called originally, which was a fumble. So Georgia Tech keeps the ball. NIU loses a touchdown. And that single play ignited the Georgia Tech rally. It seems like that was like the popping the bubble of NIU's power. And Georgia Tech came down, scored a touchdown, making it 14-7. NIU could not move the ball in the second half. Really did not much. They could not even come close to scoring. So eventually Georgia Tech uh, ties it up 14-14. And then they take the lead. Take the lead. So it's 21 unanswered points by Georgia Tech. The Ramblin' Wreck looked like they had for surely won this game with about, what was it? About two minutes and 30 seconds to go is when I think they took the lead. Then Rocky Lombardi comes in. For NIU, and he leads a drive downfield for the Huskies that I don't know if anybody at that point in the game saw coming. They marched all the way downfield and scored with uh, 36, 38 seconds left, I believe. Uh, I think 36 to tie the game. And it was an incredible drive. I mean, Rocky Lombardi looked like the leader. He looked like everything you would hope a quarterback would be. 
it looked like it was John Elway, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning out there for the final drive. And you just hadn't seen that for the, the whole second half. So you were like, whoa, where's this guy? Where did this come from? Um, NIU ties up the game. And instead of going for one and trying to outlast Georgia Tech in an overtime slugfest, I mean, that's really comes down to, well, the advantage would be with Georgia Tech. At home, they you know, are the ACC team. Coach Thomas Hammock, former teammate, decides to go for two. And I've seen this done by other Mac, Mac teams, another group of five teams. You roll the dice. You've got, you know, this is the game on the line here. And it turns out, it was the best decision because, I mean, they had just run down the field in two minutes on the wreck. And the play took a while to develop, but Lombardi throws it to the end zone. And it, even this play is a controversial one because it was caught and he's falling to the ground and he's kind of on the ground and the ball kind of hits the ground, sort of. But it's it's reviewed, and it's ruled a completion, so the conversion is good. Georgia Tech fans are stunned. The small NIU fans in the stadium going crazy, just like I was on TV. It was incredible to watch, honestly. It was like, wow, this is really happening. This is really, really happening. <laughs> They're going to come away with a win. So there's about 36 seconds left. And Georgia Tech, I think they had one timeout left. And they need a field goal to win the game. After a per roughing the passer call, Georgia Tech got 15 free yards. And they completed, I believe, two other little passes to get themselves set up for what's a 60-yard field goal. Now, if you're a Mac fan, if you're a group, an underdog fan in general, you're like, holy cow, we just got the two-point conversion. And all of a sudden, Georgia Tech's going to kick a field goal to win the game? Now, granted, a 60-yarder is not highly likely going in. But still, just to even get to midfield to where they can attempt this, it felt like the officials, everything is working against the underdog MAC team again. Their earlier kicker in the game had struggled to, to make field goals. So they brought in a new guy. And he's about to kick his first field goal of the game at 60 yards. And I'm, I, I almost can't watch. And it, the ball is kicked. And then it's, I hear this thud. It is blocked by the NIU kick defense. And the victory, that was with one second, two seconds left. So the ball's blocked. That means NIU wins. The ball's recovered. Everybody celebrates. The pirate flag will be flying into Calb because NIU got the statement win. And even when everything looked like it was going the other direction, NIU still somehow managed to get the victory. It's the biggest win in the Thomas Hammock era. It's the biggest win so far in the MAC. It better not be the only big win the MAC has this season, or else that's going to be a very disappointing offseason or a very disappointing non-conference season. But we got to give credit where they where it's due. <clears throat> NIU held down the MAC banner this week, coming up with a big win. And I could not be more proud of Coach Hammock, the boys in DeKalb, for going into Georgia Tech and taking the W. Now with that, let's get to next week's games. We'll start off with, why not? NIU hosting Wyoming on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Wyoming is coming in 1-0. NIU is coming in 1-0. Wyoming is a seven-point favorite. 
honestly, I'm a little surprised by that now. If NIU plays the same way it did last week, they're going to physically beat up Wyoming, who is led by coach Craig Bowl and the Cowboys. But still, I am thinking if NIU can play the way they did in the first half, NIU is going to be 2-0 and uh, come Saturday. Kent State hosting VMI ESPN3. Um, this is an FCS team. This is almost like going from the top of the mountain to the bottom of the mountain from Texas A&M to VMI. No line on this game. ESPN3, easy to watch. Probably going to be a big win for Kent State. Go Flashes. Uh, Miami of Ohio. Statement game. Get another chance to carry the Mac Pirate flag. Going into Minnesota. Um, Minnesota looked real good. In case you didn't watch the game against Ohio State, they looked real good. Now, they're led by a former Mac coach and Mac player, P.J. Fleck. They're a well-coached team. Didn't have the talent that Ohio State did. That was obvious, but Minnesota will never have the talent that the Ohio State does. But they pushed the Buckeyes for four quarters at home in Minneapolis last week. If they do the if they play the same way against Miami, Miami's in trouble because Minnesota looks like a really good football team. They're just not a top five college football team. Uh, it's a 19 point uh, underdog for Miami. That one's on ESPNU. No problem watching that one for all the Red Hawk and Mac fans. Uh, let's move on to Duquesne versus Ohio ESPN three. Uh, this is an FCS. Must-win game for the Bobcats. I mean, I don't want to do a lot of coverage of the FCS games because those aren't the games that really matter to Mac. I mean, we, you got to win them, but those aren't the games that we look at as Mac fans or Mac players or Mac anything and say this is a big game because it's a must-win game. So Ohio, you're at home again. Got to get the win this time. Uh, Move to 1-1 one and one in the season. Send Duquesne to 0-2. Um, we will do Robert Morris versus Central Michigan. Again, going from Missouri to Robert Morris, Central Michigan should have a much easier time in this one. Definitely going to be uh, a Central Michigan W based on how they played last week at Missouri. If they play the same way, uh, Lou Nichols the third, 19 carries for 135 against Missouri. If he can do any sort of the same effort, he might have 200 yards against Robert Morris. So look for the Chippewas to easily bounce back in this one. That one's on ESPN3, easily watchable, ESPN app. Um, Ball State versus Penn State. This is a big game in Happy Valley. It's a 22-point favorite for Penn State. This one is going to be tough. Ball State is going into one of the hardest places to play, Penn State, just beat Wisconsin. So you know they're good. They just went to the Camp Randall and beat the Badgers last week. So Ball State, you better bring your A game because this is your statement. This is your top 15 chance. Top this is, Penn State might be a top 10 team after this week. This is your top 10 opponent for the season, Ball State. Go into Happy Valley, do what you do, and... Hopefully you come out with a W, but this one's going to be hard, but still it's no, nothing's, you know, 
unattainable for in, in a win um, for most teams. So this is this one's going to take some you know some lucky breaks, but Ball State, you have a chance to win. This one's on FS1. So another easy one to watch. So far, you know, most of these games are pretty easy to see, uh, other than the ones on ESPN Plus. Buffalo going into Nebraska. This might be the best chance for the Mac to get the second pirate flag. You can't give them a pirate flag for beating another group of five team. That's not how it works. This has to be a power five team. Buffalo is good enough to go into Lincoln and knock off the Huskers. Nebraska isn't good. Let's, I mean, they're not good so far. Losing to Illinois, who just then turned around and lost to Texas-San Antonio. Nebraska, that's right. Nebraska lost to Illinois, who then turns around and loses to Texas-San Antonio. Buffalo, we need you to come through this week. Nebraska is not a very good team. They're same problems they've had around for three or four seasons. They're doing again. 14-point favorite. Partially, that's because it's a home game for the Huskers, but still, Buffalo, we look for you to, to lead the charge this week to getting a Mac W in Lincoln on Nebraska. That one's on Big Ten Network, another easy way to watch. Temple versus Akron. Uh, Temple, Temple is led by Rod Carey, former Northern Illinois coach Rod Carey, and this game is at home in Akron. Temple lost last week, but I, I mean, Temple's probably going to win this game. Uh, but Temple under Rod Carey has been average, which is what NIU was under Rod Carey. So I don't know if the folks at Temple are thrilled with what they've gotten so far. Um, but Temple is an average football team, but they're probably better than Akron. I mean, that's, you know, they're probably a better team than Akron. So it'd be nice to see Akron get the home W against. Uh, Fellow group of five or an American team. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen, but this one, ESPN Plus, definitely, definitely is a more winnable game this week than Auburn was because that wasn't winnable. Temple is a winnable game. It's a seven-point spread, but I honestly think it should be a little bit more. I mean, Temple's, Temple's good enough to be like a 14-point favorite. So we'll see what happens with that one. But I would definitely go with Temple if you're betting. Uh, South Alabama Bowling Green, ESPN Plus. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with South Alabama. This one. This is a group of five versus group of five, but this is a winnable game. Um, South Alabama is favored by 14, which is where I think Temple should have been favored. But Bowling Green has a chance to play well at home and get the W, and have a strong win over another FBS non-conference game. Then we'll move on to Illinois State Western Michigan. This is a home game for the Broncos against an FCS team, a good FCS team, but still Illinois State's an FCS team coming off the game against Michigan. Western Michigan should recover in this one and take the W over Illinois State. Eastern Michigan at a very mad and upset Wisconsin. This one is in Camp Randall on FS1 Saturday. This one's a 26-point favorite. It's definitely a step up in class from where Eastern Michigan was last week when they played St. Francis. This is Big Ten. This is big time. This is Camp Randall. So good luck, Eagles. And we're going to wrap it up with what I think is the biggest game of the week, the chance for the Toledo Rockets to go to Notre Dame and win a game in South Bend. 
the Mac seemingly has a game scheduled now at Notre Dame every season. It's like somebody new is getting a chance to go into South Bend and get the first Mac win ever. Western Michigan did pretty well in the first Mac game ever there uh, quite a few years ago. Toledo's 1-0. Notre Dame is 1-0. Notre Dame barely squeaked by Florida State last week. Barely. So, obviously, this is a step up for Toledo from where they were last week. The game is on Peacock and NBC. It's like on the NBC channels. So, it's you can watch multiple ways. This is a game I think you're going to need for national respect. Granted, no, no MAC team has ever won Notre Dame. But this is one of those games where Toledo plays well. Notre Dame might be a little overrated. So you guys just look at it and go, I, I hope Toledo plays their best game. Because if they play their best, I think Notre Dame, I think they can win the game. So let's cheer for the Rockets. Let's hope they get the W on national TV. And whew, let's hope we get another Pirate Flag game of the week this week. Uh, there's quite a few opportunities. Uh, and there's a couple group opportunities against the group of five. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, let's cross our fingers that we get another Big Mac Pirate Flag game of the week. We will have the recaps of those um, next week. All of the games now are on well Saturday for the most part. There might be another weekday game thrown in. So uh, come back next week. We'll try to break down all of the games as quickly as we can and get through a preview of the next ones because there's nobody's playing each other. There's a lot of games to cover because each everybody's playing a non-conference team. So everyone is, we have to do twice as many games because everybody's playing somebody who's not in the Mac. But I like, love this time of year because the Mac is a chance to make their statement and show how good they are. Well, thank you for listening. Come back next week for another edition of Maction. I'm Mark Scafidi. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.